For the first time in over two decades, a WWE pay-per-view slash premium live event will be taking place in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. And we are here to preview that pay-per-view, which is Elimination Chamber 2023, along with all other wrestling-related net matters here, because this is episode 192 of the No Spots Weekly Wrestling Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome I am DC's People's Champ. I am joined, as always, by my tattoo partner coming to you from the regular basement this week. To my left, your right, if you are watching our live Twitch stream, he is none other than the Dark Lord Sith himself. Sith! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the regular basement. Thanks for all followers, chatters, lurkers, subscribers, people listening on our audio platforms, and people finding us for the very first time. A warm welcome to you all. I gotta say this off the back though. Elimination Chamber is upon us tonight. And this was one of the first pay-per-views that we did a live stream reaction on Twitch two years ago. My how time flies. Phew. Champ, what's good in the people's studios in the ABA gets uh uh, just another nice lazy day. It's a little it's quite chilly. It was nice and warm yesterday, but the temps dipped. It was windy and everything but other than that really good uh managed to get in all the wrestling i needed to watch before this podcast so my brain is like fried right now but we're gonna get through it so on this week's episode in our news and notes segment we're gonna talk about sis boy popping off on twitter again and getting himself into some shit uh we're also going to talk about a fourth generation star who got a name change recently we're also going to cover an important a match that's taking place on battle in the valley that just got a huge stipulation added to it we will also talk about another for uh wrestling legend who also got in trouble for shit he said online we're going to talk about that and of course we are going to talk about uh, the death of legendary wrestling promoter and the father of Hall of Famer Jeff Jarrett. Talking about Jerry Jarrett, who passed away this past week at the age of 80. Uh, in our New Japan recap, it's going to be a really short one because I'm going to quickly go over the card for the Battle in the Valley pay-per-view that's taking place tonight as we are recording this. It'll be taking place at 10 p.m. Eastern time uh, because they are on the West Coast in San Jose. So it'll take place, it'll more likely... Overlap with Elimination Chamber, uh, but it is what it is. And then, of course, we will preview the upcoming Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. There are only five matches on the card, but two of them, three of them are of great importance. So we will talk about that. And then, of course, we will look back on the week uh, that was in wrestling from Monday Night Raw all the way to Rampage, which was on a special day, a special time because of the NBA 
All-Star Weekend. Uh, and then afterwards, we will have final thoughts, of course, where we'll give our thoughts on things either wrestling-related or non-wrestling-related, and that'll be it. But before yep. we get into all of that, hello to Judy in our Twitch chat. Uh, again, we do stream these live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash truenospotspod. So if you want to ch- come in and give your input on things going on with wrestling, uh, you can come into our Twitch chat. And give your your opinions on things in terms of wrestling and everything like that. Uh, or you can wait and listen to the audio versions. Uh, we appreciate all that as well. So, without any further ado, referee, you know what to do. Ring the bell. All right. Let's get into our news and notes segment. And as I said, sis boy on Twitter just popping his gums and not being a professional again. (laughs) This is nothing new for this guy. Uh, We're talking about none other than AEW owner, CEO, and booker Tony Khan, who went on Twitter to call out a a journalist who made two appearances on Friday Night SmackDown, which emanated from the Bell Center in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Uh, We're talking about none other than Ariel Helwani, who twice was in the crowd talking about Sami Zayn possibly winning the undisputed WWE Universal Championship in his hometown of Montreal at Elimination Chamber. Uh, He was holding a microphone with the WWE logo on it and things like that. And he even shared a clip of one of those appearances that he made during the show on his Twitter account with none other than TK Reply, like replying in a tweet of his own, calling saying, "Quote: You're a fraud, Ariel Hawani. You're as legitimate of a reporter as Tony Schiavone." <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, I mean, apparently, Khan's uh, messaging here is referring to how you know Ariel Hawani has reported on a lot of uh, major WWE news and, and and things that went on, including uh, in a tweet. Uh, back on January 11th, where he debunked reports that uh, Saudi Arabia's public investment fund were going to be the, the recipients and uh, buying WWE uh, and things like that. Uh, Khan has made appearances uh, on Helwani's podcast, the MMA Hour, um, and things like that. So, yeah. Uh, Sith, you saw this. You know what's going on. You know how I, you said on this podcast many a times how much you have hated Tony Khan's behavior on social media, and this is what we get. So the floor is yours. Let the chamber go, sir. Tony, 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 Tony. Tony, this is the Sith Lord. What the hell were you thinking? Look, man. Ariel Alawahi lives in Montreal. It's his hometown. Okay? Would you have freaked out if Christian Cage, who grew up in the Toronto area, appeared at Elimination Chamber? Would you freak out? Probably not. Did you freak out when Dr. Brick Breaker, DMD, was at an NXT TakeOver event where Adam Cole was there? No, you didn't. You didn't think anything of the sort. But yet, Ariel Wahi shows up on SmackDown last night supporting his hometown guy, 
Sami Zayn. And you question his credibility? Tony, you've got problems right now. Your average audience is dwindling on Wednesday nights. Yes, you're still top five on cable on Wednesdays. Not taking that away from you. But when your peak is 1.01 million for this year so far, and this past Wednesday, you could only keep an average audience for a two-hour block of 824,000 viewers, you've got problems. Because you know what? You're not drawing the casual wrestling fan like you did this time last year. Stay in your lane. Focus on your own goddamn promotion, which has its flaws. And stay out of WWE's lane. Because this little war that you promote is mainly by you. It's not by the people in WWE. It's not promoted by the people in AEW. It's promoted by you and the tribal fans. And that's it. I'm fucking done. Champ. Yeah. Um. So, Tony Khan, you got to understand something. Ariel Hawani is not affiliated with AEW. So what he does is none of your fucking business. Understand that. <laughs> And also, number two, Ariel Hawani, because of his work with BT Sports, has done extensive work with WWE through BT Sports. So, again, none of your fucking business. And three, it, there was already heat between the two of them after that podcast appearance he made in October where uh, Hawani pressed Tony Khan about the back the uh all the brawl out at all out in which uh Khan didn't want to answer address it or anything like that uh Hilwani would go on to later say in an interview that it was one of the most frustrating interviews of his career so that should tell you something about Tony Khan the person and the businessman that a respected journalist like that said that talking to him in an interview was the most frustrating of his career uh and things like that so Tony Khan, you got to stop this. You're you're a you're an owner of a wrestling promotion, right? You're an owner of a wrestling promotion. You're a businessman. You're you're representing your promotion, and you're not representing it properly online by calling out a a, a journalist and calling him a fraud like that. That don't that don't fly with me, man. That don't fly with me at all. And then what makes it even worse is you called him out and called him a fraud, and you at him. You add him like you literally tagged him in the damn tweet, and then you even buried your own guy. You buried your own guy, like that's what kills me. Yeah. But by you the did. way, by the way, there was a back and forth. I just looked at the tweet. Like Ariel Herwani replied. He said, thanks for watching, old friend. Can't wait for our next chat. Also, don't listen to the snowman, Shivani. You're a legend in my book. Damn right. But then Tony said, good luck with the unbiased with the unbiased journalism. Man, shut the fuck up. Shut okay. the fuck up. It, Tony's only worry is to be a dirt sheets booker of the year, which doesn't take much given that said dirt sheet has his EVPs as personal friends. Tony needs to just shut the fuck up. 
Yeah, Sony got to shut the fuck up. Like, dead ass. He got to shut the fuck up. This is getting ridiculous now. And people are going to just, like, start getting turned off from AEW just just to spite Tony Khan acting like a complete child on the internet. But anyway, we're done yeah. with that one. I'm pretty sure he's not. this is not going to be the last time this is going to happen. But we're going to move no. on and talk about a fourth generation star who recently underwent a name change. We are talking about none other than the daughter of legendary performer The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who was given the name of Ava Rain. Well, guess what? It's no longer Ava Rain. It is now just Ava. That is according to WWE's website. And uh, Wrestling News was the first to report the change via Twitter. Uh, but now she's going simply by Ava. As we know, it was first announced back in May of 2022 that uh, she was going to go by the name of Ava Rain. Uh, after signing with WWE back in 2020 under her real name of Simone Johnson. She made her on-screen debut on uh, on the 25th of October edition of NXT, where she was revealed as the fourth member of the Schism stable led by Joe Casey. Uh, the tag team, like the Schism also has the dyad in there as well. Uh, Ava Rain has yet to wrestle a match at NXT, uh, being that she's currently in a storyline uh, opposite the hail of chase you so there you go now ava rain is now known as ava what do you think about that sith it's not as bad as changing someone's name that they've had for years and changing it to something fucking stupid you know i i don't mind this name change because one simone hasn't been in the ring yet Except she's in a program right now with Thea Hale Chase U, as Champ said. But I'm not going to have anything against this name change. The name changes that get me upset are, for example, Axiom instead of Akid. Stuff like that. Champ? Yeah, I don't mind it. I mean, I you know, just Ava. It is what it is. So... Whatever. Hopefully, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't come back to bite WWE in the ass in terms of her marketability and getting over with the with the with the crowd and stuff like that. So hopefully, it doesn't bite her. But we'll see. Um, you know, the rest of the schism all have their full names, and yes, she does, and that's that kind of makes no sense. But we'll see what happens. Anyway, uh, we're moving on now, and there and again, as we mentioned at the uh, start of the podcast, uh, Battle in the Valley is taking place uh, tonight over in San San Jose, California. It's New Japan of America pay-per-view, and there's a match that's taking place uh, on the card that now has a huge stipulation that was added on here. Sip brought that to uh, my attention, and I made sure to find the story and make sure we talked about it. But we're going to see, we're already going to see Mercedes Monet make her a New Japan in-ring debut, challenging uh, Kyrie Kyrie, uh, Kyrie for the IWGP Women's Championship and Kazuchika Okada defending the IWGP World's Heavyweight Championship against Hiroshi Tanahashi in a double main event. But there is a matchup that was taking place between Jay White and Eddie Kingston that now has added huge, huge stakes to what was already an ultra personal matchup that was that's taking place. Uh, it was announced that the that the loser of this matchup between Eddie Kingston and Jay White 
would leave New Japan Pro Wrestling all the way through. Now, as you know, Jay White recently just lost the Loser Leaves Japan match uh, in Osaka at New Beginning in Osaka just a week ago. But now it looks like there's a stipulation where whoever loses... They're gone from New Japan for good. Now, the uh, New Japan themselves confirmed it, uh, confirmed it via Twitter, saying, quote, things are heating up between Eddie Kingston and Jay White ahead of battle in the Valley this Saturday. The loser will no longer be able to wrestle in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, basically, uh, it was not mentioned. Uh, White stated that uh, should Kingston lose, he will both be unable to work in New Japan again, unable to work against any New Japan talent going forward, whether it be on AEW programming or independent promotions. So that would keep that would keep Kingston from participating if they decided to run back uh, Forbidden Door and things like that. So. What do you think about this one, Seth? It looks like it looks like all the internet rumors are starting to come to fruition. There's a possibility Jay White could be coming to WWE, and this might be the way to get him out. Yeah, and to quote one of my favorite John Carpenter sequels, "Escape from L.A.," high stakes, hot shot, because here you have okay, Switchblade Jay White in this corner can no longer wrestle in Japan as a part of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And if he loses, he can't wrestle anymore in New Japan at all. But over here, you have Eddie Kingston that if he loses, he can't be on the card for the next Forbidden Door, which I think they should do because Forbidden Door last year was really, really, really good. Um, It was a really good mesh of... AEW and New Japan getting together to put together one hell of a card. If I had to make a prediction, and it's mainly because of something that I have said and others have said, Kingston wins tonight. JY will be a really good fixture in AEW or WWE. And if he goes to WWE, no to Walter in A-Town Austin Theory. Y'all's days as champion could be numbered because this guy gets into WWE, he's automatically going to have to be into a mid-card title run pretty fucking quickly. Jail. Um, I, I, like, this is, I, I clearly that the writing is on the wall that Jay White is on his way out of New Japan. He loses the Loser Leaves Japan match, and now he's at another match literally a week later where the Loser Leaves New Japan completely. And, I mean, the writing's on the wall. My only thing that I'm not gonna, I'm gonna hate is not hearing that iconic Switchblade theme song if he goes to WWE or AEW since that is a New Japan song. Uh, Unless... He got the rights. Uh, I'm, unless he got the rights to that song, I'm gonna hate that he's gonna make an entrance and not have that iconic, that iconic, ping, ding. I'm gonna hate that with a passion. But I'm hoping that maybe he does stay in, in New Japan and just wrestles in America and things like that. So we'll see what happens. But we'll quickly go over the card for Battle of the Valley in just a bit. But that 
that is a huge stipulation that's taking place in, a ma in that matchup there. Uh, we continue on and go back to people popping off on the internet and getting into getting some heat on them on the internet. None other than AAA Booker and former WCW star uh, Conan got himself into some shit online this past week uh, after he made some comments uh, on his podcast uh, regarding Kenosuke Takeshita's Eddie Guerrero tribute during Dynamite this uh, last week. And so he decided that he was going to go on Twitter and say it was just a joke. And this is after Miro reamed him a new asshole. And now he's saying that everybody who fell for that joke are marks and all this other stuff. He was on his K K 100 podcast, uh, with disco Inferno and Joe Feeney, uh, last week. And he said, this go quote, this goes back to wrestling journalism. talking about, we had on K 100 last week, or this is what he said this week. Um, and he feels that the, the Lucha Legend does feel like a lot of wrestling news sites uh, have an agenda saying, quote, it's clickbait. That's all That's all it is. I don't even get mad. It's clickbait. And you fall for it. And look, it trended. You were being worked. Specifically talking about Miro and the comments that he had towards Conan after his commentary on on Takesha's tribute to the late great Hall of Famer Eddie Guerrero. Sith, what is it with these guys just going on social media and just saying this type of shit? Alright. First and foremost, Conan. You had Disco Inferno on your fucking podcast. That's not exactly a good example of to have someone on your pod. That's pretty low-reaching fruit. And I respect Conan. I do. Okay? A lot of people remember him not only for WCW, but also the head of LAX back in TNA Impact. The Latin American Exchange. But this take that he had about Takeshita, it doesn't matter if you're working the fans to get attention or not. You're not quite on the level of dumbass as Tony Khan, but you're pretty fucking close. So note to Conan, we're going to keep you on the radar. You're not in the dick bed. You're not quite in my dick bag yet. But you're getting close to it. Don't be a dick. All right? Cool. Champ. Yeah, Conan got Conan got to do like what we said for Tony Khan to do. He got to just shut the fuck up. Like, uh, yeah. you got to understand that when you tweet something out, people cannot, under any circumstances, understand. Like, they can't tell tone on text. So for you to, like, tweet that out and it's supposed to be a joke, no one can figure that out. So you should understand you were going to get that kind of backlash. You should have understood that. And instead of being like, mm -hmm. you know what, my bad, it was a joke, my bad, you just doubled down on it and said people got worked and that their marks and all this other stuff. So you're not really... You're not really helping your cause here. But then again, Conan has always been very outspoken and very unapologetic. Yes. So I'm no, it's no surprise to me that he is pushing back like this. No surprise at all. So whatever. You know who needs to go on his pod? The cook from Louisville. 
Now, that would be that a would podcast. Be a horrib- that would be, would be a horrible podcast. <laughs> that podcast would be absolutely horrible. Anyway, that podcast. No, matter of fact, I have I have the exact I have the ex- I have the exact I have the exact exact description of how that podcast with Conan and the cup from from Kentucky would be, and it's simply this. Trash! Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I would call it a beautiful disaster. Judy, this is all you need to know. When Champ says trash, I call it a beautiful disaster because it's a fucking train wreck. And that goes to everyone listening as well as people who are subbing and everything. Yeah, it's a beautiful train wreck because you don't know what's going to happen next because these two guys have such outspoken views that you're going to be like, oh, God, can it get it even more fucked up? Yep, here you go. And by the way, uh, I got to thank my, my homegirl, Judy, for the five gifted subs, which means I got gifted a sub, so I'm re sub to my own channel for free. <laughs> but she yeah, also... Last month. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's funny because my sub ran out yesterday. <laughs> so oh. the timing of that is that my, my gift sub ran out yesterday, and then today I get gifted a new one. So how about that? But yep, it went to myself, it went dim... It went to Fearless you, Tiger, Fearless who's a Fearless Tiger, Yep, Fearless Tiger, who's a good friend of mine and a fellow mod for another person I mod for, uh, Sunshine uh, Twitch Grace, who's a longtime supporter of our podcast, as well as BCDC, who comes in and just has us in shambles with his uh, one-liners and stuff like that. So there you go. Yeah. But unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, we do have to bring the mood down a lot. Uh, because this week, uh, the wrestling world lost a legend in the in the business in terms of promoters, uh, none other than Jerry Jarrett, the father of WWE Hall of Famer and current AEW star Jeff and executive Jeff Jarrett, uh, the man who uh, founded the Memphis-based Continental Wrestling Association in 1977, uh, passed away at the age of 80 this week. The news uh, was broken on Twitter by a longtime uh, member of his promotion, uh, Dutch Mantel, who and it was then confirmed by Pro Wrestling Insider, uh, who gave credit to Memphis wrestling historian Mark Jays with the initial announcement of the passing of Jerry Jarrett. Uh, the post said, quote, I'm hearing reports of my friend and longtime booker slash promoter Jerry Jarrett died this morning in Tennessee. I saw him, I last saw him last year when we did the the Vice show, The Territories in Atlanta. Very creative booker. Condolences to, Je- to Jeff, Deborah, and the Jarrett family. Now, there's been no official, like, at the time that it was reported, there was no official announcement from the Jarrett family, uh, but... Uh, uh, there was no official announcement yet on the rev- uh, uh, on on the cause of death. Uh, Conrad Thompson, who's like the podcast host to the to the Wrestling Stars, had mentioned that Jared had been battling esophageal cancer cancer during a recent recording of the uh, My World podcast with Jeff Jarrett. Uh, as you know, Jared, uh, the older Jared's career spanned decades, both wrestling and as a promoter. Uh, he made his in-ring debut back in 1969 for NWA Mid-America, where he was a 10-time North Amer- NWA Southern Tag Team Champion. And then he retired from in-ring competition in 1988, uh, ahead of uh, promoting USWA, United States Wrestling Association, but did have his fi- but then unretired and did have a handful of matches for the USWA before his final bout 
out back in 1995. And then after consultant work uh, in with WCW and WWE, then the WWF, in 2002, he and Jeff co-founded Total Nonstop Action Wrestling, also known as TNA, and then now it's known as Impact. Uh, the older Jeff did part ways with TNA in 2005 after a falling out over uh, the company's direction, which led to a falling out between himself and Jeff until they reconciled in 2015 after agreed to never speak about wrestling again uh back in 2018 jared was inducted into the wrestling observer newsletter hall of fame uh seth any words to speak about when it comes to jerry jared and his uh career and his life where it comes to memphis wrestling some names come to mind jerry lawler honky tonk man got his start there um, Dutch Mantel was known there, but it all circles around one guy who was the booker, and that's Jerry Jarrett. Um, this is a devastating loss because this is the guy that, if Memphis doesn't go on the map for wrestling, and that's hypothetical. You miss out on a chunk of an area for wrestling until Smoky Mountain starts up. Because the Mid-Atlantic Territory didn't come out to Tennessee that much. Tennessee was the Memphis State Territory, if you will. And, you know, USWA, you know, later on, of course... You know, the territories would get gobbled up by either WCW or by then WWF, now WWE. But rest easy, um, Jerry. Thank you so much for bringing, you know, a really good territory that I got to watch Tales from the Territory. There's an episode that involves the Memphis Territory. And when you see some of these stories, it's like, holy shit. So, if you have Vice on demand, look up Tales from the Territories and look up the stuff on Memphis because that is one wild-ass episode to watch. Champ? I I definitely credit Jerry for one big aspect of the wrestling business that I think is overlooked, especially nowadays, and that is if we all remember... And some of us are old enough to remember this. Back in the late 90s, you had the three main promotions in wrestling. You had the World Wrestling Federation, you had World Championship Wrestling, and you had ECW. Now we sit in 2023, and it feels like the late 90s all over again because you have WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment, you have All Elite Wrestling, and you have Impact Wrestling. And all it's all the same scenario. The two bigger f- promotions all are on bigger networks, where the third promotion sits on a not so big network. Back then, yeah. ECW was on TNN, and now Impact sits on Access TV, which is not very accessible to a lot of markets. Uh, but thankfully, they do have that YouTube Insiders thing where they can, um, where people can watch the, the shows with no commercial interruptions on there, which mm-hmm. is great. And things like that but 
Jerry Jarrett, had he not created TNA back in 2002, we wouldn't be sitting here re- having a re- review, a, a remix of the of what happened in the late 90s with the three major promotions in wrestling you know and then but now in in 2023 we have those three but then mlw starting to creep up now that they're on reels so they're starting Mm -hmm. to creep up a little bit so we're starting to see almost like not just a remix but almost like an enhancement of what we had then but it was because of jerry jared and his work as a promoter as a booker and as a man who created the territory one of the men who helped to create some of the territories of the early days we wouldn't have this so jerry jared was a major major part of that and then of course his son went on to have a great a hall of fame career which included multiple world championships across wcw and in tna along with uh, a couple of ic title runs and a couple tag team title runs in wwe Uh, so of course with his passing we will toll the bell 10 times in memory of the late great jerry jarrett Rest in peace to Jerry Jarrett. All right, we're going to move on quickly and have a give a quick look at in our New Japan recap uh, the card for tonight's Battle in the Valley pay per view for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, a lot of action going on on this card. You're going to have two kickoff matches that are going to be 20 minute uh, time limits. Alex Coughlin in his first match on New Japan Strong since his graduation to become the Android. Uh, he was out with injury recently. He will face the very man he beat in his final match as a young lion, J.R. Kratos. David Finley will be in action. He will be going up against Bobby Fish. Uh, eight-man tag action. We'll see Rocky Romero team with Adrian Quest, Moscato Dorado, and the Impact World Champion Josh Alexander to take on Volador Jr., Kushida, Kevin Knight, and the DKC. We will have a strong openweight championship match. Fred Rosser defending the championship for the eighth time in his reign, going up against Kenta, who won a survivor match a few weeks ago to get this shot. We will have for the strong openweight tag team championships. Alex Shelley and Chris Saban, the Motor City Machine Guns, who are also the Impact World Tag Team Champions. They will be facing Gerald Nelson and Royce Isaacs. Of course, we were. Of course, we also talked about it earlier. Jay White versus Eddie Kingston, loser leaves New Japan Pro Wrestling. We will have a filthy rules fight where it'll be no DQ and ring ropes will be removed from around the ring. Filthy Tom Lawler versus Homicide. We will have for the New Japan World TV Championship, Zack Sabre Jr.'s second defense after successfully defending against Tomohiro Ishii during the New Beginning Tour. He will be going up against Clark Connors, the Wild Rhino. 
And then in our double main event, Mercedes Monet's New Japan in-ring debut challenging Kyrie for the IWGP Women's Championship. And then in the second double main event, Hiroshi Tanahashi challenges Kazuchika Okada for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. And we will have the results of that during our New Japan recap next week on the podcast. So make sure you tune in for that. That should be a really, really good card. It, it. I can look at one, possibly two matches. It'll be match of the year candidates. Okada Tanahashi, the um, second part of the main event tonight, is going to be absolutely insane because both are tremendous wrestlers, but also Jay White, Eddie Kingston, because of just the stakes involved. But when you look at this card, it's a 10-match card top to bottom. This is going to be one hell of a card tonight. Absolutely, definitely will be. And again, we'll have the results for that next week when we talk about New Japan next week. So make sure you tune in for that. Oh, you forgot to tell me. Who do you have, Kingston or Switchblade? I think I'm going with Kingston. Yep, same. I think I'm going with Kingston. I think I'm going with Kingston. I think the writing's on the wall that Jay's going to leave. No, 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 no. I'm changing. No, it's Jay. Because I think that I think Jay White has a long term contract. I think he signed a yes. long term contract extension, and I don't think it's up yet. So I think he's going to stick around and just wrestle for New Japan in the mm-hmm. United States. So. And I think Eddie, yeah, I think I think Eddie's going to remain exclusive to just AEW now well, and just still do his indie stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's basically what I'm this looking at. This reminds me the, the whole thing of if Jay wins, he controls. If Eddie Kingston can be on a New Japan card, that is just so much power that I'm switching to Jay only so that way, you know. It adds a unique dynamic when it comes to Forbidden Door. And Kingston, if he wants to have another legendary match, if you will, with a Japanese legend, he has to go to Jay White to say, look, man, I really want this match. That would be wild as shit. So, yeah, I'll go with Switchblade as well. Yeah. All right. That would be wild. All right, let's shift gears here and let's get back into what we want to talk about here, which is tonight's WWE Elimination Chamber pay-per-view slash premium live event taking place in the Bell Center in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. The first time in over two decades that a WWE <laughs> pay-per-view is taking place in the city where Brett screwed, where Brett got screwed. I cannot believe that fucking top dollar actually put that in a fucking rap bar. I was so fucking, I was laughing my fucking ass off when he did that shit. I we'll was talk about, like, we'll talk about that later on. Reference it. They always do when they go to Montreal. They always reference it. So top dollar comes out with that last night, and I'm like. Well, your we'll, reference. well, we'll talk about it later on in the week in review. But right now, like Elimination Chamber looks like it's going to be a really uh, stacked card. Of course, you're going to have the cool. two chamber matches. You're going to have the uh, the 
rubber match in a trifecta between two powerhouses. And, of course, you're going to have uh, the Tribal Chief versus the Hometown Hero in the main event. So let's get into it. Of course, we're going to talk about the non-title matches first, and then we're going to talk about the two title matches that are in this one. So first, we're going to begin with that third matchup in the trilogy between uh, Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. As you know, Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar... Uh, have already fought two different times with each one taking one. And then what happened this past Monday with the contract signing, it almost seems like the writing's on the wall of who's going to win, but who knows, especially after what was said on SmackDown as well, which heavily influenced my pick. So we got Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. Sip, what are your thoughts on this match, and who are you picking for this match? Ooh. So this match should be a fun little soiree as it's two beefy men and they will be slapping meat big time. This is match uh, number three under what I call a two out of three match trilogy of big beefy men. Don't expect this to be a five star match at all, but do expect this match to be a coin flip here. I'll go on with Brock here. I think the reunion of the Hurt Business is coming. But Brock versus Bray would be a better program, I think, than Bobby Lashley going up against, you know, Bray Wyatt. Jam. So I get your points. I, I think that I do agree that Brock versus Bray would be a a really intriguing program and matchup to happen at WrestleMania and things like that. Which is why I'm actually going with Bobby Lashley. What? What? Because while Brock versus Bray would be very intriguing, in my mind, Bobby versus Bray would be much more intriguing, especially if the Hurt Business is reuniting and Bray seems to be slowly building the Wyatt Six. I think that would be the perfect that would be the perfect program. The Hurt Business versus the Wyatt Six. Come on, guys. Like, let's think about that. So that's why I'm that going with Bobby Lashley. Yeah, Bobby Lashley wins this one to close out the trilogy. They'll find something for Brock to do. There's been rumors that Brock wants is gonna challenge for the IC title against uh, Walter at WrestleMania. That would oh, be God. a hell of a matchup right there. Uh and I would just I would just go with that one. Uh but next. Let's talk about the mixed tag team match. We've seen the problems between Edge and the Judgment Day since he was ousted from there and a coup by Finn Balor and Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley. They recently added Dominic Mysterio and they've been running roughshod over the Raw uh, roster. But Edge has uh, come back and has gotten his wife involved. Of course, Rhea's gotten physical with Beth, including at their I Quit match last year, in which Beth uh, was received a one-person concerto from Rhea. And now we're going to get Edge and Beth Phoenix, the grit couple, going up against the Judgment Days, Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley currently the uh, number one contender for the SmackDown Women's Championship. But right now, our focus is going to be on this. Uh, Sith, who do you got winning this one, the Grit Couple or the Judgment Day? Okay, Rhea, we know, is headed for a WrestleMania showdown with Charlotte Flair. And now they're hanging Frida's How Do You Advance the storyline here. Now, the fun pick would be the Grit Couple, but I'm going with Rhea Ripley and Finn Balor here. So this way, 
we can ramp up as to what is being reported to be Hell in a Cell, Showcase of the Immortals, Edge versus Finn closes out that program. This is going to be fun, but deep down, this was basically number another W for Judgment Day to get things set for WrestleMania. Champ? Okay, so the last time that Edge and Finn Balor faced off in singles action was the I Quit match in which they threatened harm to Beth Phoenix to force Edge to say I quit to lose the matchup. Right. There's no way that Edge is losing back-to-back matches, and I still think it'll set up them two going at it at WrestleMania. So I'm going with the grit couple to win here. Edge pins uh, Finn Balor because you're not going to have Rhea get pinned when she has a WrestleMania title match in her sights. I think that would hurt her momentum and it would really dampen her, you know, the the build that she's got going on with Charlotte Flair with them getting ready to have a face-off next week on SmackDown. So I think Edge gets the pin on Finn Balor and I think that leads to uh, what Sif just mentioned of a Hell in a Cell match at WrestleMania between the two to finally end it between the two of them once and for all. Uh, so that's what we're going with there. All right. Next up, we have our first of two. We have our first of two Elimination Chamber matches, and this one is to determine a number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship, and uh, the the person will face Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. It'll be Asuka, it'll be from Raw, Asuka, Nikki Cross, and Carmella from SmackDown. It'll be Liv Morgan, uh, Raquel Rodriguez, and Natalya. Uh, They've actually been building this up pretty good, having these women be involved Mm -hmm. in matches with each other, and having them be, like, around ring side around this and really showcasing this matchup and how important this matchup is Sith how do you like how do you like this matchup and who do you think will be the victor let's do a process of elimination champ shall we let's do it Natalia isn't winning here at all she's on the Smackdown roster and I don't think she'll be changing brands anytime soon Carmella uh, she just got back, and I don't think she stands a shot much to the dismay of Corey Graves, who's going to slobber all over her tonight on commentary. Um, Nikki Cross, Liv Morgan, they're long shots, but don't, don't stand much of a chance as both had championship runs that were pretty lackluster, let's be honest. So, Raquel Rodriguez, Roscoe. I don't think Raquel wins here. I think she'll be the next in line feud over the SmackDown women's title after WrestleMania season. So I'm going with Asuka to win here. All right. So we finally have one that we agree on. I am also going with Asuka. Asuka underwent this transformation back to her days as the murderous clown Kana and her time in Japan. And I think you don't go through that kind of transformation and go on a run like she has for have her not win the elimination chamber. I think that she, uh, I think that she defeats Carmella and be, and wins the match to become number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship. And I think that'll be a very, very interesting program between those two ladies because they're both faces and favorites. But I think it'll be very unique with, with the Kana aspect of Asuka going up against the ESC. So I'm also picking Asuka to win the Elimination Chamber. 
And if I swear to God, a Carmelo wins, I'm going to throw something. <laughs> nope. I'm going to definitely throw something. I, I'm just going to do this, and I'll be a good sign to cut the fucking stream. Yeah, there you go. All right, Actually, the other. It's so good because I want to see what happens in the main event. So there you go. Well, bef- react to it. <laughs> well, the, before the main event, let's talk about the other Elimination Chamber match, uh, which is for the United States Championship. Austin Theory defending the championship against Seth freaking Rollins, Johnny Gargano, Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, and Montez Ford. This has been a pretty decently built one uh, mm-hmm. in terms of mostly has been involved in Seth freaking Rollins. Uh, you don't have to see much from Johnny Gargano, uh, Montez Ford, and and Damian Priest have made some mentions of it, but have been doing their other thing. Bronson Reed has been out crushing people and things like that. What do you think about this match, and who's going to win? Okay. Um, I like this wrinkle here as it brings a new idea for the Elimination Chamber match, elevating a mid-card title to be on the line inside of the Elimination Chamber. Process of elimination? Bronson Reed, Montez Ford would be solid picks, but I think those two are the odds for future single title runs. Uh, Damian Priest and Johnny Gargano, they're my long shots. I don't think either one has a good chance of winning. So that leaves your champion, Austin Theory, and Seth freaking Rollins, and this is easy for me. Austin Theory retains here, but damn. Those fans are going to be more mad at the main event than they will with Theory here. Bet on that. So I agree with Sif on who on the process of elimination of Johnny Gargano, Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, and Montez Ford falling short, and it being between Austin Theory and Seth freaking Rollins. I agree with that. What I don't agree with is the result. What? What? Seth freaking Rollins wins the United States Championship again because it's going to set up a a match at WrestleMania between himself and Logan Paul for the U.S. Championship. So that's what's going to happen. Seth's going to win the title, and then Logan Paul's going to call him out saying, hey, I eliminated you from the Royal Rumble. I should get a shot at the U.S. title at WrestleMania, and he's going to get that shot, and Seth freaking Rollins is going to beat him at WrestleMania to retain the championship. So that's what I'm, I'm putting out there in the universe. That's what I'm putting out there in the universe, dead ass. So Seth freaking Rollins will win the Elimination Chamber and become the United States Champion. Uh, and then we go to what is going to be our main event for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. The Tribal Chief Roman Reigns, who this week surpassed 900 days as the, as the champion. The longest reign in the modern era ever. Over 900 days as champion. He will be defending the championship against the former honorary U Sami Zayn, who got a hero's welcome uh, in the main yes, event segment did. of SmackDown, which we will talk about later on in our weekend review. And he will definitely get a hero's welcome uh, when he enters the Bell Center to defend the challenge for that championship. Sith. This has been the bloodline of Sami Zayn story has been one of the most compelling stories in WWE, not just WWE, but in wrestling over the past 10, 15, maybe 20 years, in my opinion. 
What do you, you think know, about this matchup and who you got winning? Sami Zayn also got a major welcome home pop on um, Tuesday night inside of the Bell Center when the Montreal Canadiens had a hockey game and he appeared and the crowd went nuts. Oh my God. It was like a hero's welcome. It was a lot like when a player comes back after retirement and they come back home to have their jersey hang, you know, among the Raptors or something like that, that type deal. Okay. So this is where people all over the world are going to cry foul and to some people rightfully so. We know well that the end game here is Roman retains. It's WrestleMania, either night one or night two, Roman versus Cody, easily enough. There's some hanging fruit questions, though. What will happen to the bloodline in this match as Roman won clean at the Royal Rumble? And rumors are circulating that the Usos may not be banned in Canada from Canada anymore. Will Solo Sikoa step in? These are all good questions, but what is not in question, your winner tonight and still undisputed Universal Champion will be Roman Reigns, as I think that Jay will break the hearts of millions, including the city of Montreal and Sammy. Jay's turning on Sammy. Roman retains tonight. Champ. So in uh, Ripret's Twitch chat the other day, uh, there are a couple guys in there who are clearly wrestling fans, but I think they're more like wrestling marks. This is yesterday, actually. More like wrestling marks oh. as opposed to wrestling fans who just was like, oh, because Cody says it's going to be Cody versus Sammy, that Sammy's going to win. And I had to bring them back to reality, and that's why my pick is this. Jay Uso will cost Sami Zayn the match, and Roman Reigns will retain the championship to set up Cody versus Roman at WrestleMania, where Cody will end what should be, I think, getting close to a thousand days as champion. I think it ends there, and Cody finally wins a WWE championship and do something that his father was not able to do. So Roman Reigns will retain the championship. Sorry to everybody who's backing up Sammy and thinking Sammy's going to be the ultimate. Uh, going to be Murray the ultimate. Of what culture comes to mind? It's not happening. It's not happening. Yeah, and I love to shout out Andy Murray because he had valid points in his video yesterday over what culture, where he he had a point. You know, most of Roman's wins in this reign have been, but. Andy, the guy's a heel. Most heels don't get clean wins. They get mainly dirty wins, my guy. It is what it is, but like I said, Roman's going yeah. to retain, and, it, and it, yes. we're going to get on the road to WrestleMania where we're going to get more incredible promos from Cody and, and Paul Heyman and maybe even Roman Reigns as well. So just get ready for it. All right, now it's time for our preliminary grades here. Sith, what do you got for a preliminary grade for this? All right, the major hanging fruit for me is that three of these matches to me are a foregone conclusion as to who will win. Asuka, I think, is a no-brainer for the women's chamber match. In my view, Austin Theory should be walking out U.S. champion, and Roman will beat Sammy. 
My two toss-ups are Britt versus Rhea and Finn and Brock Lashley, where either team could win or either person could win. Giving this a B plus. This is basically what's happened with WWE in the main roster of late, where I give it a B plus and it ends up being a little bit better. This should be a really good lead-in for WrestleMania, so I'm looking forward to this tonight. Champ? Um, I'm not going to be as generous. I'm going to say that it's going to be a B pay-per-view. Cool. But that's giving it room for it to be higher, in my opinion, because of the fact that I feel like the Bobby Lashley versus Brock match, I don't know how that's going to go. We've seen their first two, and they've been okay. I want to yeah. see them actually go above and beyond okay for me to give that a better than mm-hmm. a B grade. So that's got to be a solid, that's got to be much more than just okay. The Grit Couple versus the Judgment Day is also one that I got to keep an eye on. I know that Edge and Finn are going to bring it. Beth is, you know, doesn't wrestle as often as Rhea, so can she, or she, will she be able to keep up and be able to do her thing? Yes, she's a Hall of Famer, but, you know, being in the ring and actually wrestling after not doing it for so long, it's very, very tough. Um, the Elimination Chamber matches should be just what they normally are. It's very violent. It's a lot of slams onto the padding and the going into the, the chain, the chamber, chain links. And the, we should poss- we'll possibly see Bronson Reed go through one of the chamber pod doors because he's the big, biggest dude in the match. So yeah. I'm pretty sure he's going to crash through one of those pods with the, the stainless steel, like the stainless glass or whatever. And so, yeah, we're going to see that. But I'm giving this a B as a preliminary grade. But I'm hopeful that it'll 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 rise. It'll rise because um, I think it has the potential to rise, but maybe. We'll see. Get your predictions in on our Facebook page, and you'll get a shout-out tonight. Absolutely. So make sure you check out and get, get to give your predictions for who you think will win uh, tonight's Elimination Chamber. There you go. All right, that's it for Elimination Chamber. It's now time to get into the week that was in wrestling. Uh, As you know, with the week in wrestling, it's called Push or Bury, where we take five bits from each show this week, from Monday Night Raw all the way to AEW Rampage, picking out those five and determining if they were good enough to get a push or bad enough to get buried. And we start off with my... Also, we also thank you to... Bleacher Report, we provide grades for Monday Night Raw, NXT, AEW Dynamite, SmackDown, and Rampage. And we begin with Monday Night Raw. All right, Monday Night Raw opened up after a promo segment that involved the Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair, uh, Becky Lynch, and, and Bailey, which set up our main event. We would have a tag team matchup where the Judgment Day's Finn Balor and Damian Priest would go up against the Street Profits. Sit, push, or bury our opening tag match. I agree this a regular push. The match was good and it made the Judgment Day look strong going into the weekend, which should be an outlier where it comes to some of y'all's predictions. Jim. 
Uh, I'm also giving this a regular push. It was a solid tag team matchup. I just hate the fact that Tez was the one that took the pinfall, knowing that yeah. he's going into the elimination chamber. I would have preferred for Dawkins to have taken that pin to kind of give Tez a little bit more momentum going into the uh, the chamber. But that's neither here nor that's neither here nor there. Uh, anyway. We move on, and we're going to talk about the segment where Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar signed the contract for their rubber match at Elimination Chamber that got absolutely out of control. Sith, the Bobby Lashley-Brock Lesnar contract signing, push or bury? Big push. Holy shit, the fans are still buying Brock as the babyface here, but this brawl tonight will be wild as Fuck, champ. Yeah, I'm also giving this a big push, and I feel like Brock's going to get a, a big pop because he is a current Canadian uh, citizen. He's got dual citizenship with Canada and the United States, so he will definitely have the the home country advantage over Bo- over Big Bobby Lashley in this one. But this one was a wild one. I think it was almost like you could see it coming that when the security guards were lining up that they were going to get fucked up, and they did. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> All right, Piper Piper Nevin, her first singles match since getting her name back. She had a one-on-one match against Mi Chin Mia Yim back on the back of Mi Chin getting in the uh, face, getting in her face after she tried to bully Candice LeRae. Push or bury Piper Nevin versus Mia Yim, Seth. I give this a small push. Look, the match was good, but it looked like they're elevating Piper at the expense of Minchin instead of say. A local jobber. I'm going to give it a regular push. I really enjoyed the match. I like that Piper Nevin is being Piper Nevin and not being Dewdrop, and that's yeah. what I enjoy. And it's good to see Mia Yim being Mia Yim and stuff like that. So good on them. I give it a I give it a regular push. Yep. We had a very, very, very good <sighs> promo segment in this show. As Cody Rhodes came out and called and called out Sami Zayn, and they had a very good exchange that ended with Cody Rhodes predicting that it would be him against Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. Sith, Sami Zayn, the Sami Zayn Cody Rhodes promo, push or bury? Mega push easily. This was an amazing segment, but we will see if these fans still accept both guys after this weekend champ all right uh first of all what's going on hector hector just showed up in our twitch chat glad that he's here he is at Mm -hmm. work so that's why he's a little bit late but it's all good he's got to make them dollars uh secondly you look at a promo like this uh it's funny because sage actually gave me the heads up on this promo but didn't give me any details on it which i'm glad he didn't so then i went to go watch it and now i see why he said what he said because this is going to be my first mega push of the week the emotion the passion Yes. Everything that went with this promo, the self-doubt that Sami Zayn has about this matchup, Cody Rose put lighting a fire under his ass. Everything about this was absolutely brilliant. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. And there's nothing else I can say about it, but it was brilliant. All right. 
Finally, our main event saw Bianca Belair take on Be Becky Lynch and Damage Control's Bailey with uh, with the stipulation that if either Bailey or Becky won the matchup, they would be inserted into the chamber, making it a seven woman chamber, meaning that it would be three to start instead of two. And if Bianca won, neither one of them would get into the chamber. And Thankfully, Bianca Belair did win, and now we're going to get a regular six-person cha yeah. women's chamber, and that's seven. But Pusha Berry, this week's main event. Note to Bailey, Bailey and Becky Lynch. It's all there, black and white, clear as crystal. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, ladies. Mega push, as this was a solid main event that had some good implications had Bailey or Becky Lynch won. Good shit, all kidding aside. This almost gets a mega push, but it definitely gets a big push. This was a very, very good main event. Uh, almost hits mega push, but not quite. I mean, you had the shenanigans, of course, with damage control, which kind of... Yeah. And it kind of that's why it kind of drops it for me. If they didn't get involved, and it was just straight up those three. This gets mega push all day long, but the shenanigans kind of negate it from getting a mega push for me. But it did, we did, uh, was a good way to close out the show, definitely. Yep. Definitely a good way, a uh, good, good way to, to end it off. All right, the grades for WWE Raw this week from Bleacher Report are as follows. The Street Profits versus the Judgment Day opening tag team match got a C plus. I give it a B minus. We also forgot to mention during the, the when we talked about the tag match that Edge and Beth Phoenix did come out to go after the Judgment Day, but Beth uh, was taken out by Rhea Ripley, who came out of nowhere to hit the glam the the Rip title and the Glamazon. Yep. So there you go. Uh, next, the contract signing between Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar got a B minus. I'd give it a B plus. Piper Nevin versus Mia Yim. It got a C minus. I'd give it a C plus. It wasn't that bad. Come on. Absolutely. Uh, then the promo with Sami Zayn and uh, Cody Rhodes. It was Sami Zayn and Cody Rhodes, and then they combined that with Cody Rhodes versus Baron Corbin. After Corbin was talking shit about his dog and his father, and got jumped, and they had an impromptu match, which ended out of nowhere. The promo got an A. The match got a C. A plus for the promo. I don't know what they were smoking, I, and I had to give the match a grade though. C sounds about right. It, it was an impromptu thing that felt a little bit rushed. Yeah. And then uh, Raquel Rodriguez, Liv Morgan, and Natalia versus Asuka, Carmella, and Nikki Cross. That got a C. Mm, B minus. Bronson Reed versus Mustafa Ali got a C minus. I give it a C. It wasn't. De it was decent, but it wasn't terrible. I would have gave it a C plus. You got to make uh, Bronson Reed look like a, a great monster, and this was a great way to do it. The Miz versus Rick Boots. They are hating on Bronson. The Miz versus Rick Boots. D plus. I can't get over the air guitar. I give this a D plus. 
But Miz did the right thing, though, in putting over returning talent, though. So I'll give him that. But that air guitar, though, oh, that was cringy. So I agree with the grade of a D plus as well. They had the Miz TV segment with Seth Rollins where he kept poking about Logan Paul before yeah. Miz beat him up. Like Austin Theory got involved, and then we had better. the match. We have the match, yeah, but it still it warrants a D, so it is what it is. And those boots that that Seth Rollins were wearing, what the fuck were those? It, the guy is literally full of drip, no matter what he does. That's all I'm going to say. All right, Bianca Belair versus Bailey versus Becky Lynch got an A minus. I give it an A. Um, the outside interference keeps it from an A plus because we knew that was predictable. Yeah, I agree with the A as well for that one. So there you go. And that was Monday Night Raw this week. A very up and down, all the way around edition of Dark of uh, Monday Night Raw. I said Dark, Jesus Christ. A Monday Night Raw, but uh, definitely still a very decent episode for this week as it was the go home show to elimination chamber and now it's time to talk yeah. about dark elevation and dark but before we can do that we have to look back and see how long each show was and how long they would be if they were a combined show because it is time for our aew dark and dark elevation time checks for the week For this week's edition of AEW Dark Elevation, which had seven matches, the runtime is 45 minutes and 36 seconds. For AEW Dark, now mind you, AEW Dark Elevation was in El Paso, uh, which was taped before Dark, uh, before Rampage and Dynamite. And then AEW Dark, taped at uh, uh, Universal Studios in Orlando, had 11 matches with a runtime of one hour, 28 minutes and 10 seconds. Combine those, and you had a runtime of 2 hours, 13 minutes, and 46 seconds. Mm. And that is your AEW Dark Elevation and Dark Time Checks for the week. And Hector's letting us know in our Twitch chat that he was there for the Dark Elevation tapings. So yes, if we have any questions, we can we can ask him as well. Also, we want to say hello uh, to Sis Better Half Whitney, who has joined us in the Twitch chat as well. Uh, we appreciate her being here and just checking things out. And now it's time to talk about Dark Elevation. All right. First off, the Dark Order were in trios action. Uh, Evil Uno... And and true, we're up against El Dragon, El Cabard, and Vari Morales. Sith, push a berry. I give this a regular push. This was actually a pretty decent opening match. I think Dark Water is hitting that reset button after what Evil Uno said this past week. So, this was a good match for both teams involved. Yeah, I agree. Definitely a regular push, and um, I get in. You know, no one had any idea what was going to happen when it comes to the Dark Order later on in the week, but this was a good way to start off the week. Uh, we also had women's tag team action. We had Nyla Rose and Emmy Sakura, who have proven to be a very formidable women's mm -hmm. tag team. They went up against the team of Sky Blue and Madison Rain. Push or bury, Sith. 
I'm going to say it again. When you have tag teams that know each other, you get good man. You get good matches. Give this a push, as my theory was proved yet again. Good stuff. Yeah, definitely a push as well. And I'm like I said, if AEW does decide to create women's tag team championships, <coughs> you already have a couple of teams already here with Nyla Rose, Amy Sakura, with Sky Blue and Madison Rain. Um, mm-hmm. So you already have some ready-made teams for that, and I'm pretty sure you can create some more, like Dr. Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter, uh, Tony yeah. Storm and Soraya. I mean, you already have four ready-made teams there, and I'm pretty sure there are a couple more out there, the Bunny and uh, Penelope Ford. Yeah. I could keep naming them, but we got to keep it We're moving actually there. actually BFFs in real life. Absolutely. Um, and, Sith, and, and Hector's going crazy for Sky Blue in the Twitch chat. That's funny. Um, but anyway, look who we're talking about here. All right. I mean, okay. 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 Move (laughs) on, Seth. Move on. Move the fuck on. Stop it. Anyway, next we will have the magical girl herself. Yuka Sakazaki in action. She took on Vert Vixen in singles action. Push or Barry? Push. Uh, really good match here. Post match added more intrigue. It says, I think Zakazaki. Um, she's going to go up against Athena at the next Ring of Honor pay-per-view, I believe. Yeah, it's... Hold on. Yeah, it's looking like Yuka Sakazaki is going to be the next to challenge Athena for the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship. Uh, but she got had a really good match here with her Vixen, so it definitely gets a push. It definitely gets a push. All right, next, the AEW TBS champion, Jay Cargill, was in action alongside her baddie, Layla Gray Attack, acting against Dulce, Tormenta, and DD Doom. Push or Barry, Sith? Yeah, this is a bit of a push. The match was fine for what it was. Grayson got some work here, and the baddies did a good job here. Um, a little known fact that I saw when I was pulling this up is that DD Doom, if many people remember, was the young lady that was a a, a, a companion of MJF when he sat in his luxury box as he watched on uh, when he was getting right when he had the right to challenge after winning the casino battle of uh, the casino ladder match. Uh, so she was able to get in some work here, and Dulce Tormenta is actually well known in terms of in Mexico as well, but they were no match. For Jade Cargill and Layla Gray. Uh, finally, the best friends were in action in our main event. They took on the team of Aiden Colt and Frank Stone. Push a berry, Sith. I give this a push. This was a decent main event. I think we might see the best friends go for tag team title hunting eventually. I agree. Also, a push as well. Solid matchup is uh, here. And uh, Hector makes mention in our Twitch chat that uh, Yuka was incredible, but Athena's attack was unnecessary. So that's why we're thinking, yes, it's going to be Athena Yuka Sakazaki for mm-hmm. the a, uh, the ROH Women's World Championship, most likely at uh, Supercard of Honor, which is taking place at the end of March, uh, March the 31st. So there you go. All right, let's talk about AEW Dark. AEW Dark, which took place from the uh, Universal Studios, which they call AEW Universal, and we're going to start off with a match that op- that one of the matches that opened up the show. It was the JAS, the Jericho Appreciation Society's 
Angelo Parker and Matt Menard, Cool Hand Ange and um, Daddy Magic, they went up against Fuego Del Sol and Leon Ruff. Sith, push or Barry. I give this a rare for Dark and Dark Elevation. I give this a big push. This was a solid tag team opening match for Dark, pro- dark proper this week. There are times when Dark comes out full force from the start. That's what happened here. Yeah, this was... That's yeah no that's what I'm saying. This was definitely a really solid, more than solid taxi matchup, and it definitely gets a big push for me as well. Uh, cool hand Ange and Daddy Magic were able to get the victory, but Swago Del Sol and Leon Ruff made them work for it. Definitely made them work for it. Kip Sabian was in action ahead of his matchup against Hangman Adam Page. He went up against a man making his debut at AEW. Uh, who was trained by Bandito, none other than Gravity. Push or bury this match, Sith? A push. We could get more of Kip here, and that won't be an issue at all. He's starting it back to what he was when AEW first started out with him, and that means good things for him as well as his opposition. Push. Yeah, I'm giving this a push. Kip Sabian was very, very entertaining, but also very skilled in this matchup. There was at a point where he was yelling to the crowd. He's like, I guess now I've defied gravity and got an audible laugh from the crowd. And he was just like, I'm smart. Like, I'm smart. But this is a really good match, so I'll give it a push. All right, next, while while uh, Brian Pillman Jr.'s uh, Varsity Blondes partner, Griff Garrison, currently sits on the shelf. A new tag team has emerged as Brian Pillman Jr. and Brock Anderson were in action. They took on the Trust Busters, Sunny Kiss and VSK. Push or Barry? I give this a regular push, bordering on the big push. We got to see more of a second-generation tag team with Pillman and Brock. Got to see VSK with the awesome Sunny Kiss. Good match here. Definitely a push. Really solid matchup here. And I'm liking the tag team of Brian Pillman Jr. versus Brock Anderson. I kind of feel bad for Griff Garrison. If this tag team continues to be successful, what's going to happen to him uh, when he comes back from injury <laughs> and things like that? All right, next up, we would see Sir Pentico representing the Spanish announce, uh, Announcers Project going up against the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels. Push or bury this one-on-one matchup. Hector, you're going to get mad at me. I'm sorry, giving this a push. We got to see two tenured vets go at it. Although Daniels has more experience by a mile, good mix of wrestling styles here. I'm still amazed that in his 50s, Christopher Daniels could still do the BME in his 50s. That absolutely amazes me that he could still do that. And, you know, all the shenanigans. It was funny, like, when Luther tried to crawl in and the referee's like, what are you doing? And he backed up and then he said, you're an idiot. He's an idiot. I laughed. I laughed. And even even Taz and and Excalibur had to laugh because that was funny. That was hilarious. Uh, But it it still gets a push. Uh, Then we would go to our main event. Kanosuke Takeshita was in action. He went up against the Iron Savages Bronson, formerly Bear Bronson of Bear Country, in what was a hard-hitting matchup. Sith, push or bury this week's main event? Uh, Rare for... This is absolutely rare. It's rare to open and close with dark dark elevation with a big push. But this gets a big push. Really good main event here between Takeshita and Bronson. I get the feeling that the elite will try to recruit him in soon enough. I'm definitely giving this a big push as well. Absolutely 
a hell of a main event. Yes. Uh, Bronson absolutely brought the heat, but Takeshita with that hard-hitting style was able to withstand it. And it was really good. It was only like maybe six or seven minutes, but it still was a very, very entertaining and really riveting six to seven minutes. So I enjoyed it. And, you know, for a two for over two hours of dark uh, this week, Dark and Dark Elevation, they really delivered some really solid matches and stuff yeah. like that. All right, before we move on to NXT, uh, uh, Hector's once again helping us out with uh, yeah. Dark and Dark with uh, Dark Elevation. Well, he did have us with Dark Elevation, but he's also giving his input on Dark. Uh, did He's burying the match between Jay Cargill and Layla Gray versus uh, Dulce Tormenta and D.D. Doom because D.D. Doom uh, didn't do anything, and it barely last. It was barely like two minutes, two effing short, just when no. I was getting used to Jade Barry. Well, well what, do you, what do you expect? It's Tony Khan booking who, to some people, can do no wrong. He, he, he loves to do Jade and squash matches, sadly. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is, but I'm... Uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully they, they start to change around the, um, the how that goes, but until then, we're going to get that. That's all we're going to get. All right. NXT time. And we're going to start off with what opened up the show match-wise in terms of Grayson Waller coming off his unsuccessful attempt to wrest the NXT Championship from uh, Braun Breaker at at, uh, Judgment Day. He went up against the former two-time NXT UK Champion and Tyler Bate, and he lost and then had a temper tantrum. Pusha Berry, Grayson Waller versus Tyler Bate. I give this a mega push. This was a wild and solid way to open up NXT, although the show got worse. Um, It's not a top 10 match of the year, but this was an absolute banger with the upstart Waller and the tenure bed Tyler Bate. Uh, I'm giving this a big push. It doesn't hit mega push for me at all, uh, only because... He lost via like a roll up. If he'd have beat him yeah. with like the Tyler Driver ninety eight, I would have been like, you know what? This is a mega push. Even though the cheeky little surprise roll up led to the meltdown of Grayson Waller, you know, and things like that. But I just I'm giving it a big push. That's just me. All right, J C Jane came out and cut a promo basically saying how Toxic Attraction is dead, it's all about her, blah, 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 blah. JCJ's promo, Pusha Berry, sir. I'll give this a big push. Uh, this was a solid fucking promo. Allowed JC Jane to throw her hat into the ring as a top women's heel in NXT easily. I'm giving this a regular push. It was fine, but it's not memorable, in my opinion. Like, I watched it, I'm just like, okay. I was. Yeah. I'm glad you were impressed with it, but I wasn't as impressed with it. It was fine, yeah. but it was fine, but it. I. It is what it is. Like I want to see something better from her than that. I want to see yeah. something better, honestly. Uh, all right. I was looking fire, but stum- stumbled through her wor- words. Granted, I was moping, so it sounded mumbled to me. So that's what I'm saying. Like it was. It was what it was. Yeah. All right. Uh, a kid was in action this week. He took on Damon Kemp. Push or bury A kid versus Damon Kemp. I give this a push. This was a good way to rebound from the bullshit that was Thea Hale being stalked by Schism. Good match for the time allotted. Both gents look good. 
Yes, push as well. Very solid matchup uh, as well. And it really shows how good Damon Kemp can really become. Having to deal mm-hmm. with an opponent the size, like the size and speed of A-Kid. I really enjoyed this one. All right, next, Wesley issued an NXT North American Championship wow. Open Challenge, which looked like it was going to be answered by the Don of NXT, Tony D'Angelo, before Dijak interrupted and got a hold of Dijak and Stax before, and then Von Wagner, a.k.a. Coop Tuesday, would come out and accept the challenge and have a match in which he would lose. Push or bury the North American Championship Open Challenge, Wesley, and it's answered by answered by Von Wagner. Von Wagner. I, I give this a bit of a push. The match was fine for an open challenge, which I do like for Wesley's title run here. Adds a little bit of intrigue and fun into the story easily enough. Small push. It was it was it was decent. Uh, but nothing that I, to write home about. Nothing I will go back and watch again. I'm not a big fan of Von Wagner and things like nope. that. So it is what it is. Anyway. And then our main event saw the NXT Women's oh. Champion Roxanne Perez team up with the former NXT UK Women's Champion Mako Satomura to take on the team of Kaden Carter and Katana Chance Team KC. Push or bury uh, our main event. Uh, mega push this main event. Really awesome main event to help both end another incons- inconsistent but okay NXT this week. Really good match here. Spotlighted the younger talent easily enough, as well as Mako. I give it a big push. It was a good main event. It wasn't over the top awesome, but it was good. And uh, I'm waiting to see what's going to happen next, especially with Team KC. They came off his heels. Then they said they kind of changed it up a little bit. I want to see if they're going to go and they're going to turn them heel or not after losing to this team. So there you go. It's possible. All right. Now for the grades for this week's NXT. All right. We begin with, of course, Grayson Waller versus Tyler Bate. That got an A-. minus. I agree, A minus. JC Jane revels in the pain she inflicted upon Gigi Dolan, got a C. I give it a B minus. This was actually a very good promo. It's typical, but she did it well. Tiffany Stratton versus Thea Hale, got a D. Man, get the fuck out of here. That deserves enough. Remember when I sent you and Diane that gift of what is this amateur hour? That's what this was. You know, that's what this was referring to. Yeah. Uh, A-Kid versus Damon Kemp got a B. Uh, yeah, B sounds good there. Jinder Mahal challenges Braun Breaker for the NXT Championship next week. Got a C. I give it a B-, minus, and I think it's a good roadblock for Braun next week because it'll help him get stronger even if they do what they did with Dolph Ziggler and give Jinder the belt for a spell before stand and deliver. NXT North American Championship, Wesley versus Von Wagner got a C plus. Uh, I give it a C. It it was there. Hmm. And then uh Charlie Dempsey versus Hank Walker, which saw Drew Gulak walk out on Hank Walker to join Charlie Dempsey. That got a C plus. Yeah, that sounds about right. C plus. 
Oh, C minus. I'm sorry. I got C minus. I'm, I'm stupid. I give it a C. It was there. And then Roxanne Perez and Mako Satomura versus Kate and Carter Katana Chance. Our main event got an A. I give it an A as well. I got a question. Okay. All right, before we go to Dynamite. Okay. Gala's pretty deadly, that segment. You would think as tight-knit as UK brain was, a pretty deadly would have known about Gallus's alcohol intake. Yeah, I, I would think so too, but they clearly did not. Yeah. I was. I thought it was decent, but I'm like, come on. It, it, pretty deadly admitted that they had a very good, very cohesion thing here. Absolutely. All right, now it's time for AEW Dynamite, uh, which took place in Laredo, Texas. And we opened the show with a huge eight-man tag team match. It would be Orange Cassidy, AEW All-Atlantic Champion, teaming with the acclaimed and daddy-ass Billy Gunn to take on Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, Satnam Singh, and Sanjay Dutt. Sith, push or bury our opening eight-man tag. I give this a big push. This was a really good match to open up with. Jerry Jarrett would have been proud of his son in this match, but that being said, it was a good way for all eight guys to pay respect to a fallen legend in the business. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would also give it a big push. It was a really good matchup, and I really... uh, Cannot wait to see uh, the Acclaim go back after the Tag Team Championships at uh, Revolution in that Fatal 4-Way. I'm interested to see what other teams are going to be in it. Maybe Jarrett and Lethal are going to be in it. Who knows? I don't know. All right. We had a Texas Tornado match, which is a rarity in wrestling nowadays. It's more, it was more prevalent in the old school days of wrestling, but not so prevalent in mm-hmm. modern-day wrestling. As, as Claudio Castagnoli and John Moxley of the Blackpool Combat Club took on La Faction and Gorbunables, Roosh and Preston Vance. Push or bury? Eh, give this a regular push, bordering on big push. Mantle's a lot of fun, although I do have an issue that the Moxley must bleed idea, this is really getting old. It's getting really old. Someone made a joke on Twitter. Yeah. I, I, mean, someone, I forgot. I don't know if you sent it to me or what it was. It said, it was on Twitter that they said John Moxley can never be in a first blood match because he'd lose all the time because he bleeds first all the time. It's like, yeah, I agree. I it's getting old, you. but <laughs> yeah, that's getting really, it's getting really old that that man bleeds in every single fucking match. Like eventually that's going to yeah. catch up to Turning him on my life and stuff like that. But, um, I'm giving it a push. I'm giving it a push. All right. Mark Briscoe making only his second in-ring appearance in AEW. And uh, the second since the passing of his brother, Jay, he took on the technical beast in one half of the varsity athletes, Josh Woods. Push or bury? A push bordering on big push. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Briscoe versus Woods? That's a big push. Definitely a good match. Good to have Mark Briscoe on AEW TV. And he got the All Elite tag on there, too. Yeah, I'm also going big push. This was a really, really good matchup uh, with Mark Briscoe coming out on top with the victory. But really, really, really great matchup. I mean, absolutely great matchup. 
definitely. All right. Of course, MJF was contractually obligated to show up. He showed up, and he had a promo, and then some. Push or bury MJF's promo. Oh, my God. I have to say this for the record, right? Yes. Hector, I love you, bro. I'm sorry. Mega push. Look, is there anything this guy can't do to get people pissed off? I mean, MJF is a national treasure. As a heel, he must be protected at all times. Daniels did a really good job in the promo segment as well. Okay. All right. Some lines from this promo. (laughs) I hate you because you have these people convinced you're better than me is what he said towards uh, Danielson and why he hates Danielson. And then he would say, the only way that you know if you're the best in the world, which looked like it was a reference to CM Punk. Yeah. Christopher Daniels came out and, and, told, and talked his shit, and he got beat up before Danielson chased him away. That is why all of this gets my second... Mega push of the week. Anytime you put a microphone in MJF's hands, whether live or pre-recorded, he's always going to deliver. I mean, <coughs> excuse me. He's always going to deliver, deliver, deliver. And then I like the wrinkle of Christopher Daniels coming out that seemed like he was going to speak highly of MJF, but then said, nah, he paid me, and I'm not taking his money. I'm going to just talk my shit. <laughs> I thought that was absolutely brilliant. It was absolutely mm-hmm. brilliant and things like that. So, next, finally, we had our three-way match for the women. So, a rare time for the women, the main event, Dynamite, Ruby Soho, Dr. Mm-hmm. Britt Baker, DMD, and Tony Storm went at it. Sith, push or bury? I give us a big push. This was a fun main event here, event here, and a lot of more of what I am calling the temptation of Ruby Soho. Whose side is she going to end up on at the end of the day? Yeah, that I, that visual at the end of Soraya and Hater on either side of her and her in the middle was an absolutely telling uh, visual of what's going on with this storyline. This definitely gets a big push, number one, for this getting the spot of main event of Dynamite yes. when women can barely get five or ten minutes on, on this program. And they got they got the main event. They got the main event and they they did they made the most of their main event opportunity and did great and really advanced what's been a, a very intriguing storyline uh, going on involving Ruby Soho, Soraya, Tony Storm, Doctor Britt Baker, and uh, Jamie Hayter. And I'm interested to see where it goes from here. Honestly, all right, the grades for AEW Dynamite, courtesy of Bleacher Report, uh, the eight man tag that's opened the show. Got a C plus. I give it a B. The Texas Tornado tag match got a B. B minus. Mark Briscoe versus Josh Woods got a B. B plus. 
MJF's promo got an A. A plus. Oh my God, Bleacher Report. Jungle Boy Jack Perry taking on Brian Cage got a B minus. I give it a B minus, and we got Christian Cage back, which means I think we'll finally get that match to close up that rivalry at Revolution. Absolutely. And uh, Heyman Adam Page versus Kip Sabia got a C plus. Yeah, that's doable. That or a B minus. And then the main event, Ruby Soho versus Dr. Britt Baker, DMD versus Tony Storm got a B plus. Yeah, B plus is good. Right. <laughs> MJF's got enough heat to spark a thrill, says said, Hector and our Twitch chat. disappointed me with bury the fucking crowd. Yeah, he also said push of. just on, huh? Yeah, the crowd was kind of weird. We're not going to read all of his comments, but no, some, yeah. no the crowd was kind of weird with there. Him, I won't, I'm not going to lie. He's going to get frustrated with John's bloodletting every week. <laughs> no, I mean, I dead ass. Like, that. he's doing it way too much now. It's like, it's becoming a, a, a too frequent of a thing. It's like, John, you don't have to blade. Yo, Sip, did you see? I know we got to go to Impact, but did you see that video that showed him actually legit blading himself? Did you see that video? Yes. And... Uh, <sighs> It goes back to something that me and some friends have said, which also a certain individual who we do not name has also said. And that is, it's okay every so often for Moxley to bleed. But now you watch a Moxley match every single week, whether it's MLW, New Japan, AEW, whatever, and it's expected of him to bleed. And I'm sorry, this shit's getting old quick. My comment about that video of him blading himself is just what I've talked about on this fucking podcast. And that's another production goof from AEW. Why yeah. the fuck are you putting a camera in his face if that was a spot where he's supposed to be cut open? Why is the camera in his face? That was another yeah. faux pas from AEW production. They had kind of cleaned it up recently, but right there was not clean because there's no, no. way on in, on in hell that we were supposed to see that. Not even a crowd was supposed to see it. He's sitting in the corner doing it. He was supposed to, he he should know this as a professional to know to hide himself so he can do it. This is just ridiculous where it comes to AEW. But yet, we have the right to complain about Ariel Alawali in his hometown on a W. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that's bullshit. Put anyway. All right, let's talk about Impact Wrestling, which is continuing to build towards No Surrender, which is next weekend. Uh, and it's looking yep. to be a very good card. I cannot wait for that one. I'm going to try to watch it live. We'll see. Uh, but it should be good. And we opened the show with a preview of the six-man tag that's scheduled to take place between the Time Splitters and Bullet Club when Chris Bay, the ultimate finesser, took on the Time Splitter himself, Kushida. Push or Barry. I give this a regular push bordering on the big push. Kushida is back in Impact Wrestling, made his presence known. It was a solid foil for the guy, and the match was nice. 
You're giving it a solid push. I'm giving it a big push. This match was really, really good. Like, really good. It had no business being as good as it was, but it was really, really good. Like, I would go back and watch that match again just because of how good that match was. That's how good it was. So I'm definitely giving it a big push. All right, there was a segment during the matchup that saw... Uh, the director of authority, Santino Morella, sit down with Tommy Dreamer and Bully Ray, and it got really personal and it got really emotional really fast before making up some stipulations and announcing a busted open radio live uh, segment that will be taking place at No Surrender. This sit-down segment with Dreamer and Bully Ray, Sith Pusherberry. Uh, I give it a push, bordering on small push. I like the idea of them going their separate ways eventually, but come on, this is getting a little tedious here. Yeah, um, I'm giving this a regular push. I like the idea. I like what they're doing with it, and then they, you know. Santino comes up with the idea of having beat the clock matches to determine who's going to speak first, X, Y, Z. Yeah. Nothing wrong. I think it was pretty good. It wasn't spectacular, but it, you know, no. it is what it is. All right. We had uh, one of two qualifying matches to determine who will be the last two men to enter the fatal four-way at, at no surrender to determine a number one contender for the Impact World Championship. It was Steve Macklin going against the War Machine, Rhino, Pusher Berry. Ah, big push. Hopefully this is a sign that Macklin's push will be a little bit more sustained here. Yeah, definitely a big push. This man, Macklin, has been knocking off world cha- former world champions left, right, and center. That man yeah. needs to get a world title run. He is ready for a world title run now, and I think he needs to get one, so give it to him. All right, the other qualifying matchup saw Eddie Edwards take on Heath which he would lose thanks to some timely interference from PCO. Push a berry. Enjoyed the contrast and styles. Heath coming up on top. Give it a big push. And Ayo, Eddie Edwards, you're forgetting something you used to do as a baby face. Protect your neck. So you're giving it a push? Yeah. Yeah, almost. I'm also, I'm also giving it a push as well. Uh, really solid matchup. Uh, of course, you know, now it's unfinished business with PCO and Eddie Edwards, of course. So we got to get that taken care of. So there you go. And then, of course, we would see Rich Swan and Kenny King in our main event based off of what happened in their confrontation a week prior. How did you like this one, Sith? Push or Barry? Big push bordering on mega push. Really good main event fight between two solid wrestlers. Puss match added more intrigue and story to end the show. Definitely big push. And, I mean, Kenny King is so underrated as a performer yes. and as a heel. And, I mean, this was really solid between these two. I enjoyed this immensely. And it was a good thing, though, that, you know, Kenny King did go did, – uh, Rich Swan did go over because I think that would have hurt him going into a championship match. Oh, and champ. I like seeing Barry Horowitz, but we got a problem, though. No Dude. On this. Dude. No what? Dude. Dude. Oh, hang on, dude. 
I got I got something to say about that. I got, I got something to say about that. When he came out, I was like, there ain't no fucking way that Barry Horowitz is coming out on T on Impact on Access TV and he has WWE in his Twitter handle. Ain't no fucking shot. And then not only did he do it, but he also won the match. And I said, man, get the fuck out of here. Though he had help from the demon, but still, that was some funny shit. Who in the fuck asked for Kiss Demon to show up? I don't know. That was just a wild segment, though. That was a wild-ass fucking segment. Kiss Demon ruined that segment because, well, long-term listeners in the basement know I have not been a Kiss fan for like 22 years now because of certain things I'm just going to stay away from. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about SmackDown, ladies and gentlemen. And SmackDown, we had a tag team match. It was Shotzi and Natalia in tag action against Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. Push her, Barry. I give this a big push. You had Shotzi and Natalia going over in a, in a loss against Rousey and Baszler, who I think are going to go after damage control. All right. I'm giving this a regular push. It was it was solid. I just don't mm-hmm. think it was spectacular. Though I will say Ronda Rousey did make up for what she did against Liv with taking a DDC on the apron. She more than made up for it with the sell that she did mm-hmm. on that apron DDC. I was very much impressed. I said, bravo, Ronda, bravo. Yes. That sell was amazing, okay? Amazing. All right, next. It was a short segment, but Hit Row came out to basically do a diss track on Montreal, but then they would get beat up by Uncle Howdy and Bray Wyatt before Bray Wyatt declared that whoever won between Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar, they better run. Push or Barry? I give this a big push. Holy shit, so let's get this clear. The winner of Lashley, Lesnar, gets Bray and Uncle Howdy. That'll work. Let's fucking go. Short but to the point and impactful. Big push as well. And man, they're doing hit row so bad now after turning them heels. Holy fucking shit. They should have never turned them heels. They're going to do them like that, honestly. All right. Swerve should have come back with them because they, they have not been the same without Isaiah Swerve Strickland. All right, next up, the Banger Bros were in action. Sheamus and Day and uh, Drew McIntyre, they took on. I'm going to keep calling them the Banger Bros. Fuck that shit. I'm going to keep calling it. I don't care. I'm going to keep calling that. We're, we're, we're rated M on this fucking podcast. Shit. Yeah. Anyway, the Banger Bros took on the Viking Raiders in tag team action. Push or bury? I give this a big push. This was a really good match that closed out the first hour and brought us into hour number two. I also give this a big push. What a solid, what a good taxi matchup back and forth. They got plenty of time and they did, they made the most of their time. Great job. Push, big push. WWE Intercontinental Championship on the line. Walter on day 252, defending against Madcap Moss, Riddick Moss. Push or bury this match? Uh, big push. Don't expect it. Riddick Moss to win, but the match was really good, though. 
saying Big Push, this was really, really good. But my goodness, uh, Walter's reign as IC title has been phenomenal so far. She's he's pushing nine months as champion. That's insane. It is. And then finally, our main event segment saw the coming home of Sami Zayn, where the people wouldn't even let him talk for like at least no. seven minutes before he was finally able to talk. Push or bury the homecoming of Sami Zayn. Come on. You get this a mega push. I don't know what Bleacher Report gave it, but this gets an A plus big time and the cool thing is that paul heyman wasn't there the bloodline including roman didn't get involved so you allowed sammy to have that hometown pop and speak from the heart and worlds apart had you know his old theme so just amazing the old thing came back he got the biggest pop of the night. They were chatting, Ole, Sammy, mm-hmm. you deserve it. They were even chatting something that probably was in French that was a curse word because they bl- they blanked it out. It went yep. They went muted for a bit of time before he was finally able to, sh- to even speak. And then he spoke, and he was so passionate and so driven and so emotional about it that there is no doubt in my fucking mind that this is the biggest of the week. Mega push of the week. There's no fucking shot that this can't be the biggest mega push of the week because just the sheer atmosphere, emotion, and everything that was part of that promo was absolutely perfect. Absolutely fucking perfect. All right, the grades for... AEW for uh, SmackDown. Shotzi and Natalia versus Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler got a B. I give it a B minus, but it was still a pretty good match. Bray Wyatt's brazen WrestleMania challenge got a C plus. Hmm, B minus. By the way, uh, by the way, the person who wrote the article for SmackDown made a mention about the challenge, saying, "quote Wyatt versus Lashley would be a fresh matchup, but one would figure that the Edo Worlds versus Lesnar would be a high-profile match befitting an event the magnitude of WrestleMania in Los Angeles." Yep. So there you go. Drew McIntyre and Sheamus the Banger Bros versus the Viking Raiders got a B plus. Yeah, B plus sounds good to me. And then Liv Morgan going up against Asuka visiting from from Raw. It got a C plus. I give it a B minus. It was just a little bit better than a C plus for me. Intercontinental Championship match: Madcap Moss versus Volter got a B minus. I give it a B B plus. I mean, this was really awesome. Absolutely. And Sami Zayn's homecoming got an A. Plus, it better have gotten an A plus, or else I would have flushed their whole grading system down the fucking drain. Jesus Christ! All right, and now finally, AEW Rampage. Mm-hmm. 
And let's see. We're going to start off with, of course, we had the World Trios Championship match. The Elite once again defending those championships against Top Flight and AR Fox with the NBA and basketball theme on uh, on top of it. Push or bury our opening match. I give this a big push look. It was a solid Solid trios match, and as much as I give the EVPs for being trios champions, they are literally putting over their opposition weekly by winning. I'm giving this a regular push. I love the fun they were having with the basketballs and doing shots and, and yeah. dribbles and stuff like that. It was fun. Other than that, it was other outside of that, it was a solid matchup. So I give it a regular push. Daniel Garcia and Ricky Starks went one-on-one in the continued war of Ricky Starks and Action Andretti against the JAS. Push or bury Daniel Garcia versus Ricky Starks? Uh, big push. This was a lot of fun match-wise, and it helped repay Starks from losing in that gauntlet last week. I'm definitely giving this a big push. The match was absolutely solid from bell to bell. Both of these men are really, really good professional wrestlers, and it showed here. We had a, a pre-recorded promo segment where Orange Cassidy was chatting, and next thing you know, he was interrupted by Wheeler Yuta, who challenged him for the AEW All-Atlantic Championship and bring it, and invoking past memories of being a part of Best Friends and how they treated him. Push or bury the Orange Cassidy-Wheeler Yuta promo. I get this a push bordering on Big Push. Love that Wheeler went balls out and Norwich Cassidy said, want a title shot? Let's fucking go. Yeah, this definitely gets a regular push close to a big push as well for me. Uh, this was a really just the passion and the emotion that you could feel from Wheeler remembering how he felt not very good, treated well when he was part of the best friends, but now he's much a much better person now that he's been part of Blackpool Combat Club. I enjoyed it. AEW TBS Championship, Jay Cargill issued an open challenge, and Vert Vixen, out of all women on the roster, answered it and got absolutely destroyed. Pusha Berry. I'm leaving it where it is. Look, 53-0, but Tony Khan had this out for squash reasons. Whoever becomes that one at the end of this one streak has to be majorly fucking big. Yeah, I'm definitely leaving it where it is as well. It's starting to become old news that she's squashing women left, right, and in between. Mm -hmm. If she hasn't gotten to the level where she can have a long and intricate match, then there's something wrong here. Like, she needs to start having longer, more intriguing, intricate matches and not just be having two-minute squash matches every week to pad the stats. In which case, she gets like a seven-minute match. We're like, oh... Here we go. But then back on TV, it's like, no, Tony wants a squash. But yet, Tony's more worried about what happens in WWE. And then our main event saw Dustin Rhodes take on Swerve Strickland uh, in a one-on-one matchup. And then the post-match saw the return of a former WWE star who was ready to exact revenge. Push or bury Dustin Rhodes versus Swerve Strickland plus the aftermath. Um, mega push. This was a solid way to end Rampage this week. And the push match with Keith Lee coming back, that was dope. 
it almost gets a mega push, but during that <sighs> post-match beatdown, it just seemed sloppy. And so because of that, I can only give it a big push. Everything else about that that whole segment, that match, and everything was good. Just the, it just seemed sloppy with that post match with Parker and things like that. It was just sloppy. So I'm giving it a big push. It was almost the mega push, but if it, they clean that up, mega push all day long. All right, and that is it for your week in review. We hope you enjoyed it, and remember, next week I believe we're back at our regular time because there's no pay per view next Saturday. Thank God. Thank you, Lord. So we'll be back at our regularly scheduled time, uh, day and time to stream, and the podcast will be uploaded as regular day and time as we normally do. But for now, it is time for Final Thoughts, where we give our thoughts on things either wrestling-related or non-wrestling-related and plug whatever podcast we are on. And, of course, the Dark Sif Lord will kick things off. So, Sif, do your thing. Okay. So, WWE... We do have an issue to discuss here in Final Thoughts with your booking of one of your main events for WrestleMania. is really going to be hindered, possibly, here. Worse than bad word of mouth coming in from the slasher take on Woody the Pooh. I'm just saying. When Cody Rhodes won the Men's Royal Rumble three weeks ago, it was an exhilarating feel-good moment that... Even though some of the dirt sheets said this was always the deal when Cody came back regardless. The problem here is that some of the internet wrestling community, they're expecting a major swerve here tonight. And in doing so, they are demanding that Sami Zayn knocks off Roman Reigns in the main event. And this is a recipe for disaster here, as we're sadly in a trap from both 2014 and 2015, where the fans demanded that then Daniel Bryan should have won the Royal Rumbles and moved to WrestleMania to face off against the champion. But alas, that did not happen. So what happened was that the crowd rejected both Batista in 2014 and Roman Reigns in 2015. Shit, Roman even had The Rock out there giving an endorsement of Roman at the behest of Vince. And Roman, along with The Rock, got booed out of the goddamn arena. These two years have really set a precedence here that is going to happen yet again after what happens in the main event. And why? Because WWE waited until the Royal Rumble to pull the trigger on a Sami Zayn face turn, mainly because he had gotten over big time with the bloodline and having the story of face turn in Survivor Series to some would have been considered too soon. However, in doing this, WWE indirectly might have hampered how Cody versus Roman could be reacted to in SoFi Stadium come WrestleMania weekend, which means an age-old WWE trick might happen. Cutting out the views via manipulating the crowd noise to make it seem like Cody Rhodes is the big babyface here. Sammy versus Roman should have started to hit with a face turned by Sammy at Survivor Series here, in my view. Instead of the bloodline getting Sammy to help destroy Kevin Owens and company in that match, Sammy should have been given that face turn in the match. Reason being is that 
if it's true that Cody versus Roman was always the plan for WrestleMania, it would have been easier to get Sammy into a new program this month with KO, likely against the Usos. But instead, we had this face turn at the Royal Rumble, and now the internet wrestling community has really come around to go all in for Sammy to beat Roman, which likely isn't happening here at all unless it's a DQ. You thought 2014 and 2015 were bad. I hope to God that even though Roman is going to get booed out of the Bell Center tonight post-main event as he's a healed mob boss, that this isn't how Cody will be treated coming out to WrestleMania for that build. The last thing you need is your next person up to be considered a bad guy because the internet didn't get what they wanted. Bottom line. I'm looking forward to Elimination Chamber tonight, and the live stream reactions will be lit. That being said, though, I hope that after tonight, the fans won't lash out at Cody Rhodes too badly because Sami Zayn lost. It's cool to be disappointed, but don't take it out on the next guy up. And that, my friends, is my final thought. Uh, tomorrow on Spotify... Finchner, Tarantino, and Christopher Nolan revisited with Kill Bill in two separate movies, including out following 31 Film Countdown and so much more. That's Spaceman tomorrow on Spotify. And that being said, champ, I yield the floor. Even at 40 years old, I still struggle with my confidence. And this week, my confidence took a major hit uh, when someone thought that I was a junior mod on a power trip when I was just doing what I'm supposed to do as a Switch mod. And that hurt my confidence a lot. It hurt my confidence a lot. The entire day, the following day, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to interact with nobody on Twitch. I didn't want to do nothing. I just, I was very, very hurt. And things like that. It was it was hard to take to be told that when I'm just doing what I, what I know to do. So I just have this like real short message for anybody out there who, no matter your age, always, always maintain your confidence. Sometimes you're going to take a hit on your confidence, but just pick yourself back up and maintain that confidence and keep pushing forward. Because there are going to be people out there that are going to try to to hurt that confidence because theirs is so lost. But don't let yours be lost. Always maintain it. Always keep it forward and always keep a level head. I had to learn that this week. I took a day. It bothered me, but I'm back. So I'm good to go. Just push forward. That's all you got to do. And ladies and gentlemen, that's my final thought. Uh, and uh, coming up this coming Monday is President's Day. And it is episode 300 of... The Sports on the Hill podcast. That's right. 300 episode of the Sports on the Hill podcast should be a big time show. Uh, I will be a part of it talking the Wizards, talking about the Wizards uh, final games before the All-Star break. Maybe talking about the All-Star game itself and the skills competition. Also, maybe some talk of the opening, the season opener for the D.C. Defenders who open their season Sunday night uh 
for the XFL, the reboot XFL as well. So, and then of course we're going to have Caps talk as well as the Caps are trying to make a push, uh, are continue to push towards the playoffs, which are up, which are fast approaching. Very much yep. fast approaching. So uh, make sure you tune into that. It'll be streaming live on Twitch at nine around nine PM Eastern time on twitch.tv slash sports uh, Robbie G underscore sports O T H P. Uh audio versions will be up usually up the next day. So if you don't want if you can't check out the live stream, you can listen to the audio versions the next day on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from. And make sure you check out sportsothp.com and you can click on the partners button to hear other podcasts that work with Sports OTHP, including this one. So make sure you check that out. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the podcast for this week. Uh, We hope you enjoyed it. If you have enjoyed it and you want to, if you have enjoyed it and you want to continue to support us, make sure you check us out on Facebook. Facebook.com slash no spots pod, Twitter.com slash true no spots pod, Twitch.tv slash true no spots pod, as well as on TikTok at uh, TikTok.com slash at true no spots pod. Hopefully, uh, if you are listening to this, you can join us for our live stream and things like that. If you cannot join us, we'll see you for the next time on the podcast for our audio listeners. Thank you for make, for for listening, and we will see you guys next week. Peace out. Have a good one, folks. Hey, guys, it's Champ here. We hope you enjoyed that episode of No Spots Podcast. If you did, make sure you are following us so you can be notified when we upload new episodes. And make sure you follow us on all social media platforms, facebook.com slash Pod, as well as on Twitter at TrueNoSpotsPod. We will catch you on the next episode. Myself, Donnie Wrestling, and The Sith for the No Spots Podcast on the True Radio Network.